All right, we're back. Another episode from the Mobile Man Cave yes, sir. in Shibuya, Tokyo. It's the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. I'm Cliff. Chocolate Buddha in the house. I'm rocking my old school Reggie Bush. New Orleans Saints jersey, thanks to my boy Kibo. Yep, and uh, yeah, we're here in the Mobile Man Cave, man, and, and enjoying life, you know. It's awesome, man. I'm ready to get this shit on the road, bro. Yeah, and this podcast is about the international community here in Japan. Uh, we like to focus on people from all over the world doing cool, amazing, awesome things here in the Tokyo uh, area and, sur- and other surrounding areas. Our guest today, definitely, uh, we, we're excited to have him on. And before I introduce them, I want to give a quick shout out to Tomodachi Me. Uh, that's on Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's Tomodachi my guy. He's always, yeah. Tomodachi is a Japanese word that means friend. But yeah, Tomodachi Me. Shout out to him, man. Uh, he's, excuse me, he's a faithful listener of the podcast, always commenting on, on IG. I want to say thank you, man, because he, he made a comment yesterday, and I'm going to let you know what he said. Yeah, let's hear it. So he said, can't begin to express how much your podcast inspires and exposes all this great talent. Thank you guys for giving us so much great insight on the community around us. Appreciate you, Tomodachi Me. Yeah, and, and you know, when I read that, I was like, yes, because that, that's what the podcast is about absolutely you know anytime a listener or a fan follower gets it i'm like wow that's what it's about man i'm glad they get it they see what we're trying to do you know and that's what it's about it's about letting people know um about this community that's talented and doing awesome things um inspiring people here locally you know maybe maybe you have you're out there in in tokyo and you're doing things but you don't know everybody, and I think sometimes when you know when you learn about somebody else that you don't know, and you're like, "Oh wow, they're doing that here in Tokyo." Okay, you know, yeah. it's it's a cool thing, you know. And then on on the flip, on the other side, globally, I think it's cool that you know if we can inspire people to maybe want to visit Tokyo or, or live in Tokyo or Japan, excuse or get their uh, you know jumpstart their life, career, their whatever, you know. Yeah, just be they inspired do it in Tokyo. Yeah, just be inspired. Maybe maybe you know they want to try living in a different country. I appreciate on. the sentiment too, man. That's yeah. really dope. And, yeah. I, and to cut in before y'all even introduce us, I just <laughs> want to say that um, the diversity that you guys have on your podcast, all these different walks of life, uh, listening to it, it, it really inspires me as well. I'm like, yo, there's a Jamaican uh, lawyer out here operating. There's a dude who's playing professional basketball out here, actors. And uh, it's, it's a really beautiful thing to know that there's a lot of possibilities outside of what a lot of people come here for, which is like to teach English and just kind of see the culture. And th- there's uh, different paths of life out here, and you guys really highlight all those. So super dope, man. Oh. Shout out to Tomodachi Me. Yes. yes. I mean, yes. it's really easy to get super macro and pull back and kind of like look at, you know, oh, I'm a expatriate in Japan. You know, what am I doing? What kind of influence do I have? Or... The last time we talked, I kind of, I kind of got like super, you know, world peace and you know, trying to, you know, everything is love and trying to, you know, make everything come together. But it's also about those little moments when you know you get those comments about your podcast or you run into a homie and he's like, "Yo, I listened to an episode and that shit was dope and you're doing something dope." Like that personal level of it, you know, kind of gives you that backing we're like oh yeah maybe what we're doing or what we're all doing with our podcasts you know does have some effect and it is valuable so i just want to get all that hokey shit out of the way before we get into this real shit yeah our guests today they're doing the same thing that we're doing they're informing the world about this talented community here they've had on marley mall Who's that? Sky Zoo. Hip-hop legend, uh, mm. producer. He's done produced tracks for LL Cool J and a lot of Juice other artists. Crew. Juice Created Crew. Individual sampling. Uh, com- tremendously important to hip-hop. Do you, with, do you want us to just start naming people that we've had on? Yes. Like a real flex yes. type of joint? Um, let's see. We had DJ Spinner. You want to go uh, back and forth? Yeah, sure. Ali yeah, Shahid Mohammed. Yeah. Um, Adrian Young. Sky Zoo. Uh, 
Devin Morrison. Elder Sensei. Shit, India Davenport. G. Amazawa. Ooh, that was a good one. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, Tom O'York. Yeah, I mean. A.K.A. Erica Badu's hat maker. You know, like, to, to say we, we have had a lot of really notable artists who have had a great deal of success and who are tremendously talented, but we've also got people who've got, like, 100 plays on their SoundCloud page. You know what I mean? It, it's really just about the culture of of this art form. Elo Kush. So, yeah. Buddha Monk. And, yeah. and before I let John you guys Robinson. continue, let me just formally introduce you. This is, we're here with the Mega Late Show. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, Mega and Late. That's right. Imagine an applause. I have many middle names. <laughs> you might recognize me from such films as. <laughs> no, I don't know, but yeah, we are, we're, uh, I'm Mega and uh, of the Mega Late Show. Yo, this is Late. This is Lee Uehara, host of the House of Life NYC, and you're listening to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. Yes, and just give us a brief on what the podcast is about. I mean, we kind of already... I, I, I low-key don't really like saying only because it makes it seem as though, like, uh, we, no we could be number two if there was a number one, but oh, yeah. no, nah, like, yeah. But we, we're, we're the uh, Tokyo hip-hop and dope culture podcast. We've been yeah. doing this for almost three years, so not too long, but we're a weekly podcast, so we're accruing numbers quite quickly, and it's a very difficult and arduous project, but... First and foremost, we wanted to highlight uh, hip-hop culture out here in Japan for English listeners who wanted to have a more intimate or detailed understanding of that. We're, we're very interested in highlighting the history of Tokyo's hip-hop scene, which was, you know, Tokyo, Japan was one of the first places outside of New York that adopted the four-element hip-hop structure, and they've been doing it for a long time, and it's a really rich and beautiful culture. And so that's definitely one part of it, and another part of it is our calendar. I like saying only because Tokyo, Japan, does have a rich hip-hop history, and it's super thorough once you get into it and talk to people. But you wouldn't know that because there is no source or anything to get that rich history from and the people out here that could have done that weren't doing it uh your past guests and also our past guest brooklyn terry uh who's a really good friend of mine um i was chopping it up with him and i was like yo i'm missing shows out here it'd be dope if you know we could put together a calendar for all the shows and he was like you should do that and in my head, I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. But I linked up with my brother Mega here, and we started being that source. You know, you can check out our episodes with OGs in the scene who will, like, tell you, yo, this is how Tokyo was in the 80s when hip-hop was first starting out. Um, here are the generations of beat makers in Japan, like... We're the fourth wave, but these guys are our OGs. This is my senpai. This is my senpai. And unless you read Japanese, actually, I don't even know if you read Japanese, if there's any detailed history of that anywhere. Not so much. Not not nearly as much as there probably should be. But. So for like an English speaker, like if you're a fan of Nujabes, if you're a fan of, you know, DJ Crush, Honda, uh, or, you know, just Japanese hip hop where are you going to where are the resources for that for that information when i was living in america you know i was just pretty much watching shit on youtube or you know downloading samurai shampoo soundtracks but like when you really get into it where where can you find this stuff and now the answer is the mega late show exactly mm-hmm. yeah we're definitely um one of the only resources I can find online for it, uh, at least in English. There's a few people that do some type of projects interviewing people. Um, there's some radio shows and some of the Japanese artists do things. But again, those are largely in Japanese or just a little bit different than ours. Uh, definitely not as close as street level a lot of times. So, yeah, that's basically it. We go to these beat shows and we chop it up with people. We, you know, these people are our friends now. You know what I mean? Um, DJ Neil Armstrong came to my little ass event last night because he's my homie. Like, and, that's my dude. And now. who is that? DJ Armstrong, for those who don't know. Mega, who's DJ Neil Armstrong? Um, he is one of the most 
prolific turntablist of what could be considered the golden age of hip-hop turntablism, scratch battling and everything like that. Uh, he's a member of the 5th Platoon and kind of the Voltron head of it. Uh, just a dude from New York who grew up at Fat Beats and got his name from this rich underground hip-hop community. He later went on to do uh, some DJ work all over the globe. He was Jay-Z's tour DJ from like 2000 and eight to 2010 which also means that he was DJing for uh Jay-Z at the Barack Obama inauguration and he's just uh n- not only that is he's a he's a dude now living here in Japan wow, and which just is dope uh, you yeah. know uh you know a lot of our listeners may not be hip hop heads like I'm 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 not a hip hop head right so uh when you mention oh, four element hip hop for the listeners out there who may not know what for like myself who may not know what four element hip hop is. Could you break that down for us? It's an old antiquated term, I suppose, these days that used to kind of denote separate but equal parts of what was a community. Um, You know, hip hop at, at its at its core is a culture of people. And that means that it's not, you know, the money making aspect of it being number one or anything. This is just people participating in activities right and so uh four element hip-hop culture would be um breaking djing which is you know turntablism production uh emceeing the rapping portion and graffiti at large most people when they think about hip-hop they're thinking about popular rap music and um it's more than that it's it's much more than that and on the ground level these these groups of people still participate and do these acts, but it's a little bit it's a little bit of an old term. But I'm still that four element hip hop head and our show still highlights that, which also it, it, we also just do a lot of creative culture and things that are, um, you know, tangentially connected to hip hop culture. You know, we'll 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 do an interview with anybody and relate it back to hip hop because hip hop is massive and it's everything that you want it to be if you're a hip hop head. So um, me as a hip hop head, like I like ramen. So we're having hip hop ramen episode or some shit. And, you know, late likes wrestling. We'll we'll relate it back to hip hop somehow. But I think that's that's why I like saying the only hip hop podcast out here, because, you know, the amount of people in Tokyo, the amount of people participating in the culture, nobody decided to do it or decided to keep going. And, you know, I did my research to try to find some shit to listen to because I listened to a lot of podcasts and there was basically nothing. And oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm mostly just just picking semantically at the term only and projecting into what it might mean. But, yeah, I, 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 I don't disagree with it. Like we are. Apparently, we're the only motherfuckers that are doing this shit. Uh, there's a couple other people, but they're definitely not highlighting it in English, and they're not even going in depth in the ways that we do. There's a, a group of French cats who highlight all the new popular Japanese pop rap type of stuff that is very close to the popular scenes in the United States. But, man, ain't nobody talking to DJ Kenbo about the far side coming out here before they were the far side. And we dig deep into that, and we're it, it's almost like a... Uh, ethnographic approach to to studying it which is basically ethnography is just hanging out right within the culture and since we are um, of the culture but also interested it uh, in it historically and academically it just so happens that we're the ones uncovering exactly what it was like in 1991 or when marley mall first came out here and it, it's a watching it's an ongoing dj process. crush yeah in your yogi park and that's you know that's that's what i really appreciated about the podcast um you know i'm i'm of hip-hop culture because I, I just grew up in it right um but you know i've, I've ventured out in my interests and, and got into other things but when i started listening to you guys i liked that you were taking it from the four element approach and not just covering rappers and and, and just you know with your content basically saying oh hip-hop equals rap but no it's hip-hop equals rap it equals this it equals that it equals you know what i mean it's, yo can i ask y'all a question yeah and maybe i don't know if we have the same perspective mega but like i feel like mega and i being so immersed in the culture and mega correct me if i'm wrong like have this perspective where i see everything through like a hip-hop kind of lens like i'm like oh this dude is dope you know like oh this wrestler kind of has a hip-hop style this advertisement they're kind of flipping it in this way uh this old school song reminds me of this 
song that got sampled and blah 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 whatever whatever but like when we talk about hip-hop all these guests we've had the four elements you know like when you guys hear us say these things is it like interesting like oh they're hip-hop you know in quotation marks or is it like oh look at this subculture like what what does that mean to somebody who doesn't necessarily have that you know hip-hop tinged perspective all right well for me um i like what uh mega was saying earlier you know he was saying hey you know you could be at a ramen shop it could be hip-hop ramen uh i feel that hip-hop talks about life and anybody and everything could be a part of hip-hop you know and so when i hear you guys talk about it i can I can immediately because, you know, I feel that I'm a very open minded person. I work around a lot of younger people and younger generations. So I feel that I could easily relate to. And I've been over here for a while and I love the street. You know, I, I do a lot of street photography, so I love the uh, graffiti aspect. I love the people walking around in their fashion. I love the uh, the way they embrace hip hop. And, and so to me, it's just when you guys are speaking from a, I guess you could say a hip hop perspective to me in my open mind, you're just talking about life. You know what I'm saying? You're just talking about, you know, um, people go through things in life. People go through struggles. People are, you know, don't like the way things are. They want to speak out against whatever that's hip hop, you know? So to me, hip hop is life. And, And so when I hear you guys speak from that perspective, it's just like, okay, I could easily, you know, even though I'm in my late 50s, I could easily relate to it. So listening to you guys, I'm not lost in it. Like, you know, when you had uh, the one gentleman, Quiet Storm, I could relate to that because I was back here in the 90s when they didn't call them, you know, clubs. They used to call them discos and this, that, and the other. So when I heard him speak, it was like, man, I might have ran in that dude in the club and this, that, and the other. We might have picked up some girls together and everything. So to see the way hip hop has evolved, has evolved, even though I'm more of a RB, jazz, uh, you know, pop guy, uh, Hip hop relates to me because it's a part of the black. It came from the black culture. And I lived in the hood, you know, even though I most spent most of my life in the country and everything. I lived in the hood and I saw things. And so to me, Tokyo has a hood. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I see people on the back streets. I see some of the homeless. I see some of the people doing well. I see I see a little bit of everything. So when I hear you guys talk, it's like it's like about life. But at the same time. I feel that for the people outside of Japan, they're like, wow, this really exists here. You know what I'm saying? Japan has really got it going on in the hip hop scene. And you guys are are actually highlighting that, you know, from a deeper perspective. So that's what I get out of it. You know what I'm saying? How about you, Cliff? Yeah, for me, I I think if I to put it like most hip hop centered shows, podcasts, you know, YouTube channels, whatever. They, they they approach it from a, I guess what you might say, commercial hip-hop or, or mainstream hip-hop. It's like they, they, they have that lens, right? And I, I just think when I listen to you guys, it's a different lens. It's a, it's a combination of hip-hop from the four-element perspective, which is, is not common, you know, that approach and, and, and to build conversation and dialogue from, from, from these perspectives. Um, I like that angle. And then also because I live in Japan. So, you know, I'm, I'm always interested in what people are doing. And similar to our show, when I listen to your show, I learn about all these different type of musicians who come here. Uh, might, might not even live here, but they visit, they frequent Tokyo or Japan often, uh, maybe once, twice a year, and, and, and do these uh, shows. And they connect with these, you know, they have these long relationships uh, with Japanese producers and, and, and promoters. And so I, I, that, that's what I get. I, just, I, I, guess, I guess I get a different lens of hip-hop with you guys. I got to give a lot of props to Mega um, for, for how the podcast kind of came about. Like, originally, I, like, I'm, a, I'm a music guy. You know what I mean? That, that was my gateway into hip-hop, like the, the rap element you know what I mean? And then just being appreciative of everything, I became a student of 
the whole the whole culture and mega is such a different person from me like his appreciation of community and like just the way his values are he embraced everything at once i feel like mega's you know a break dancer uh he dj'd you know he used to get up you know do graffiti also rapping like he he was all of it together and it's really helped shape the podcast like when we have guests a lot of times i don't know what the fuck mega's talking about when he talks about <laughs> some underground rappers or some graffiti artists or some dj crews from nova scotia like i have no fucking clue what's going on but it's really helped the podcast get to where it is and like i said i'm a i'm a student and i like learning about these things so to to get that information to be a part of something that puts that information out there and you know gives these people their their flowers when normally they may not get them is fucking dope yeah. and also being able to do it from japan and then blend the same things going on in japan with it I don't know, man. It's it's a weird ass angle how we ended up where we ended up. Yeah. Like it's it's a a fucking serendipitous jigsaw puzzle that just seems to work, and it feels like we're doing it flipped over. Yeah. And then one day we're gonna turn it over, and it's gonna be I don't know Kim Kardashian's face or something <laughs> like that. I have no fucking clue. Right. Um, you know, to to the question, like, there's so much media nowadays. And for a, a lot of it, I just don't really care about. Even, I mean, Same as much me. as I love and support y'all, I don't listen to every single one of y'all's podcasts Absolutely, because yeah. there's just some things that I'm generally not interested in mm -hmm. about, you know, and it's like that for everything. I don't read every single comic book. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't watch every movie. And like our podcast is very niche. It's very much just like the uh, one segment of a tremendous picture. And well, like late was saying like our our podcast does highlight or like all of y'all were saying our podcast does highlight uh, a lot of different things but i think it really it, it also focuses on a few central ideas but um hip hop hip hop music is not just rap right it is not just rap and it's not just any things that are popular at at its core it's like it is indivisible from the politics of the damn and detested moors of the west all these black and latino folks who come from the diaspora and native americans who you know rallied against colonization and it's all of those things at its core and so like our podcast we don't sit there and say yo let's have a conversation about who should use the n-word you know what i mean those type of conversations come up naturally over the course of these conversations because we are people of color you know we're black folks and i'm multiracial and shit and so like these conversations occur naturally we don't really focus on anything but at the same time all of these things emerge we're going to talk about comic books at some point because that's us and hip-hop is more than you know what people think it's political it's praxis it's psychology it's philosophy it's all of these things so hopefully in the course of listening to our podcast people sometimes are going to pull out like oh damn they really geeked out i didn't know that you know mega and late were so into jonathan hickman's writing or i had no idea that they knew about this weird segment of hip-hop culture here or this underground artist or you know this political movement or ideology it, it, it all just emerges and shit i want to uh, get into you guys how you how you came out here in japan we, we'll get back to the whole hip-hop scene and your podcast and stuff but uh, yeah talk a little bit about how you got here tokyo oh uh, man like uh, i'm a. Uh... You know, I don't have a master's degree or anything like that. I didn't join the JET program and come out here. I've been kind of like like a goon pretty much my whole life, kind of underachieving. But in the United States, I had myself a nice little business practice that I was doing, and I was, you know, making a little bit of money and putting my nephew Trey uh, through high school out there in, in Central Texas where I had no idea that I ever lived. But I, I spent some time out there with him, and once I got him into college, I decided, like, yo, I'm going to move back to the West Coast. So I'll be closer to my biological father, and some of my family was still out there. But before I do that, I'm going to I'm gonna go to Okinawa, Japan, which is where my, my mom and my stepdad were at. And I went to go visit them, and I was planning on, like, maybe a month or two or whatever. 
And in that time that I was out there visiting, my father passed away kind of, you know, surprisingly. And so I went back and, you know, after we did with his dealings, I decided like, hey, I'm just going to move to Okinawa and stay there. Um, So I was out there and I was kind of like just chilling out, not working a job, going to the beach a lot. And um, I was I started getting back into breaking. And uh, I met a a small community of breakers out there and we were kind of helping and they would have a lot of uh, military cats come and want to learn to break. And through those uh, interactions, I met a little uh, little B girl out there who when I saw her, I was like, oh, yes, I would like to have sex with this person (laughs) uh, immediately. And then so does she, you know, like seven years later, that's my wife and we have a daughter and we just randomly decided to get married and move to Tokyo. And I've been out here for like almost six years, probably. And um, yeah, you know what I mean? Like it's a whole different experience, man. Like uh, I see a lot of cats out here and it's like well-educated and you know what I mean? Had every intention of coming out here and, you know, jet programs or whatever. But me, it was kind of just serendipitous and it just fell into place. And I kind of found myself in the middle of, you know, the largest city in the world with a really rich hip hop community that seemed to be so far away from English speakers experiences. And so that's, that's me, man. Mr. Late. I was definitely one of those dudes mega just mentioned. (laughs) Applied for the jet program. Didn't get it. Just, you know, trying to find a way to get over here. And long story short, I was in Australia doing a working holiday visa. And my man's got offered a job and he couldn't take it. So he recommended me. And my ass ended up in the prefecture Tochigi, which is like north of Tokyo. Like you have to go past another prefecture to get to Tochigi. And I was out there for three years before I moved down here. Was it in the country area or was it somewhere where you were forced to speak uh, the language? Now we would call it, well... Us living in Tokyo or, you know, Kanagawa, Yokohama area, mm-hmm. we would consider it the countryside of Japan. But mm. me, I'm from Atlanta, you know, ish. Like my family lives outside of Atlanta, like mm-hmm. OTP, we would say, outside the perimeter. Okay. But like, you know, in America, like I used to drive to Atlanta for work almost every day after I graduated university. Like that was just my life. But then I'd come back to the suburbs where my my parents lived and, you know, that's where the house was. So when when I was living in Tochigi, I was like, oh, this is like, you know, a city, like where my folks stay. Yeah. OTP. Yeah. But, you know, when you're in Tokyo, like going outside of the Yamanote is kind of like, oh, shit, man, this is fucking, where the fuck am I? You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is BFE pretty much. Yeah. Like, oh, there's not a family mart every five steps? Like, what's <laughs> going on here? So. Yeah. It, it was countryside, but, you know, it was like a city of 30,000 or mm. maybe more than that people. You know what I mean? But, yeah, it's definitely considered countryside in Japan. Okay. Right. Where, where, where do you see it? Like, do you see yourself being here f- for a long time or? Nah, man. Like, I'm, I'm probably out, if not in two years. Okay. Maybe a little bit after. My, my, my goal has always been to stick around for the Olympics. Okay. And then, you know, see what I can make happen. Uh, I'm really trying to go back to Melbourne because I left early because I got that job offer. Gotcha. So I would like to go back to Melbourne. So which not, not back to U.S. right now. You know, it's crazy, and not to, you know, veer off into, you know, a tangent, but I left America in 2011 just because of the opportunity. And then, you know, all the current political shit started happening so it's been really dope to not be there for that, and I would like to stay out of that for as long <laughs> as possible. Definitely, definitely. Uh, but, yeah, I just want to go back to Melbourne because uh, it's another city I fell in love with like I did with Tokyo when I first came here. Um, and I think after the Olympics, I-, I won't really have a reason to be here that much anymore. Gotcha. Yeah. Mega? Would you see yourself I'm planning on? Oh yeah, I'm not leaving. Nah, <laughs> yo, I'm I'm just gonna stay in Japan until like my wife divorces me. Or, you know what I mean? Or some weird wild shit happens oh, until they, they decide to kick all the foreigners out or some shit. Mm, like yeah. I'm just yeah, I have I'm tentatively I'm gonna be here for you know the foreseeable future. All the places I love in California just seem wildly expensive. Even if I was making you know four times the amount, like I probably would if I was out there. It's just like. 
My nephew make like almost 80 grand a year and can't really afford an apartment in the city we grew up in. And so I just don't really want to be out there right now, man. Yeah. This healthcare is, you know, we pay for it, but it's it's dope. I feel like if I was to get some type of weird, you know, crazy disease or something, I might survive out here. In the United <laughs> States, I'm just going to have to go to the wilderness, lick my wounds and die alone or some <laughs> shit to not burden my family. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. So how did you guys meet? How did you guys hook up? Oh, you know, when we started the podcast, we actually had a third member who was just going to be kind of like the hype guy and the homie, but he is our connection to each other. Um, Shout out to Steez, Stephen Lefevre. He's a filmmaker, uh, creative type, and actor, and he's all over the damn place. People probably seen him on commercials or television shows if they pay attention to Japanese news media or media in general. But uh, he was was, uh, the homie that introduced us to each other. We went out to his, uh, his wedding, and we were at the reception, and when I walked in, I walked in a little bit late because of work or whatever but uh there was a couple chairs available i saw late he was looking mad dapper and his like royal blue suit or whatever he was wearing so uh you know i sat next to him and we just started conversating it was really natural and organic and already i could see that we were a alikes and you know we had similar uh you know opinions about things just off bat uh, the next day we went to uh, late invited me to Speakeasy, which is an event that he helps organize with Brooklyn Terry and DJ Sarasa. Shout out to them. And I went there. We started talking more. Uh, I told late that I'd be going to some beat shows. It was like, yo, I want to go to beat shows with you. And we made plans to do that. And at the course of the beat show, we were having some type of conversation about drill music, uh, Chicago drill rap. And we were talking a little bit about how it's like black people death metal. And, um, you know, somebody, Steve was like, yo, you guys should do a podcast. And I had been wanting to do one. Late had been having the idea as well. And it kind of just came together about two or three months after that. We launched, right? I don't think I missed anything there, but word. Pretty dope. Nah, Pretty he dope. nailed it. Shout out to Steve. Shout out to Steve. Ayo, this is Late, a.k.a. Corn Rebel, Mega Late Show, Speakeasy TYO, Life Park, Ill Ruminations Affiliated, and you are listening to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast with Chocolate Buddha and Tokyo Cliff in a band riding around. All right, so I want to talk about uh, the hip-hop scene here in Japan. Um and, and I, I, I'll preface it with uh, an article that I came across by uh, the homie Tracy Jones. Shout out to Tracy. Does a blog, The Microscopic Giant, I believe. Shout out to Tracy Jones. That's our guy. Yeah. And in his article, uh, which is titled, um, I'm forgetting the title right now, but... Um, a, a shut door, I think maybe. Yeah, it's like a shut door. Uh, Japanese hip hop has been sanctioned, sectioned off, or that's it. Yeah, yeah. So, in in, in the article, which you guys, uh, I think he got a quote from you, I believe, Mega. And I think so. Yeah. Yeah, quote I'm, from I'm, Mega. Yeah, I'm certain he did. Yeah, and Brooklyn Terry and a lot of other cats that we know. Uh, Cal Combs, your homie Cal Combs, also had a quote in there. Yeah. And you know, so basically, the whole article was about it being seeming to be like two different scenes here in in hip-hop in Japan. It was like the the foreigner side of hip-hop and the Japanese side of hip-hop and how Japanese hip-hop is not inclusive. And I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not in that world. You know, of course, I'm of hip-hop culture, but I'm not really in that world out here in Tokyo. Um, And and Buddha's not either. So I just kind of wanted to get you guys' perspective on that as being a hip-hop-centered podcast. Like Mega said earlier, what we do is, like, niche, super niche. Hip-hop is already niche, and we're, like, a niche of a niche. You know what I mean? And Japan at large is, if you're not just following the standard salaryman life, housewife life, have some kids and, you know, propagate your DNA then you're in a subculture. It's like a all these different subcultures, you know, revolving around each other, but generally not interacting. And with hip-hop, there are subcultures, and with it being in Japan, they get, like, really focused on 
whatever subculture they're into. So, you know, they're Japanese rappers out here. And if they're not, you know, mainstream rappers, they're doing, you know, this kind of hip hop rap, I guess you could call it. And you have your dancers. And if you're not, you know, dancing for the rappers, you're just, you know, breaking for the fuck of it. You've got showcases that you go to and you do that. And then you have the DJs. If if you're not at the club playing those popular rappers' music, then maybe you're a, a turntablist or, you know, you have your little crew and you play these bars or lounges and, you know, you have your little events and maybe those dancers show up. But most of the time they don't because everybody's very segmented in you know whatever subculture that they're in of course there's a language barrier but you know foreigners tend to stick with foreigners and japanese people who aren't global minded like that stick with you know the japanese side definitely so that breaks it up even more uh, sorry my bad uh so in that sense i feel tracy's article kind of nailed it 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 is uh, segmented like that. I don't know if the terminology shut door is the the phrasing I, w- I would have used, but I, I do agree with that general sentiment of the article. Before I let Mega um, give his perspective, I, I just wanted to add that, um, you know, his title seems to come from um, Cal Combs's what Kyle Combs said in here, which he said that uh, Japanese hip hop has sectioned itself off. There's a foreigner. There's a foreigner behind big events that happen in Tokyo, but there's hella big hip hop events for Japanese that are closed door. So I think he basically took extracted from his quote and, and, and used that as a title. So, but yeah, go ahead, Mega. Well, you know, like, I think there's legitimacy to all the quotes in the article. You know, in the article, um, if I recall correctly, he mostly highlighted us talking about the Mega Late Show and how we try to make it seem a little bit more like back home, which is 100% how I feel. Like, I'm interacting out here and being a member of the community because back in the places where I was chilling before, I was a member of the community. And I... I think that when you talk about hip hop culture, like late was saying earlier, like the B-Boys don't really be at like this show and the other cats don't be at that show. I think that that's just how hip hop is now. Like B-Boying is a microcosm of itself. The B-Boys go and they break. They practice breaking. And a lot of them aren't from this kind of four element ilk. And there's not even that too much anymore you know there's cats putting on shows like that like freestyle session is a b-boy event but cross one always is getting mcs to host it you know sway and and rock ira science and there's live art and shit but i see japanese hip-hop culture just like i do united states culture in order to part this is a participatory culture that you go and you show that you're dope to be a part of it. You have to have some type of capital, not money, but you have to show that you're either dope at doing something that these people care and value, or you have to show that you're knowledgeable about it and you deserve to be there and you're in the right place. All like the only thing that seems like a shut door to me here, not, not the culture, not the, I'm talking about the culture, not the business side of it. I'm talking about these communities where people are rapping. If you go in there, man, I've been to open mics and they're like, yo, you want to get on? And it's all Japanese folks. I'm the only foreigner in these places. And just like in the States, like if you come into our community as a person, we want to know that you're supposed to be there. And I think that that's something that is like prevalent throughout all hip hop culture. I still think it happens today. I think it's important. And I don't, I don't necessarily agree with the overall sentiment of the article that it's difficult to get in. Maybe the business side, I don't know if you have trouble getting a show at, you know, Vision or Circus or some shit. But, man, if you go to a fucking cypher where the real hip-hop shit is happening on the side of fucking Manhattan Records, they're like, yo, you're standing here. Are you going to rap? And then Late's going to fucking rap. You know what I mean? And it's like they're... I've always seen it as being open. The problem is, is like if you can't communicate in Japanese, how close are you going to be with these people? Yes. I go to the beat shows, and Dallinger goes to the beat shows. Dallinger, who's mentioned in the article, um, he is a dope beat maker. 
when he went there, people were looking at him like, who's this guy? Now he's doing shows with those very people because they recognize his talent and how skilled he is. And, you know, they're working with him. They're going digging for records together. And that's how hip hop has always functioned. You couldn't just be some dude to show up. You had to be fucking dope. And it's, I mean, like we see 8 Mile. Who is this white guy? You know what I mean? Are you dope or are you not dope? Quiet Storm, too, right? Quiet Absolutely, Storm, man. Yeah, he's he's, he's he, got in that world. You and, know, and he operates with a lot of those cats, and I, I just don't see it as shut in that degree. I see hip-hop as a participatory culture of people who are doing their shit, and they want to know if you're supposed to be there. I've, I'm still that way. And of, like, course here, of course here you have to have some language skill and cultural uh, awareness to... That's, that's why I don't have a lot of like really close Japanese homies because I don't speak the language well. But if they extend that olive branch, like, yo, what's up? And they try to be my friends, but we can't go have lunch together because we can't do that. We can we can go to a show, dap each other up, say little things about what's dope and what we like, but I'm not ever going to be able to share, um, you know, personal ideas and ideology the same way I am with late. You yes, know what exactly. I mean? And that's 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 where it's not a closed door to me. It's a shut mouth or, or you know exactly. what I mean? A, a, a An ear that, that can't pick it up. You yeah. know what I mean? I think maybe... Because I, I I haven't read the article in a minute. Uh, Cal's perspective is coming from trying to be a rapper. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to be a popular rapper, that shit's difficult wherever the fuck you are. And, you know, with the way the culture is here, like, the junior-senior aspect of it, like, you're not going to get a lot of places if you don't speak Japanese or you don't have the right connection. So I could see maybe him being frustrated about that aspect of it but yeah as a community like hip-hop i mean we're all together this shit is beautiful like i just started playing music out live a couple years ago and just you know the homies that i'm associated with or made with my short time being in tokyo i was able to get opportunities to you know do events on the same card as some fucking real legit djs and interact with them and you know become close and friends with them fucking uh i mean that kind of links with the podcast also but like i said dj neil armstrong that's my homie uh india davenport you know she's basically my foster mom uh I have Marley Marl's phone number. Fucking Brooklyn Terry is my big brother, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I'm not just trying to say, oh, I know all these, you know, dope people. Like, oh, look at me, I'm dope. But it's just, that's the way the community is. Like Mega said, you know, you show and prove and, you know, real recognize real and, you know, we're all connected now. Uh, Maybe the shut door aspect is like a glass ceiling kind of thing like you can only go up so high unless you can you know do these things or play the game but i think it's like that anywhere and after a certain point it's probably not even hip-hop anymore you're just Mm. you're pop at that point once you go past that in my opinion yeah I was glancing at the article as, as you know, we're all talking here. And it's uh, Cal, Cal, and shout out to Cal. That's one of our first sponsors. I love that dude, you know, and I wish him all the best luck in the world. He's in New York now. Tremendously great dude. Shout out to his wife. Yeah, and shout out to his wife, too. They're, they're both close personal friends of ours. He said that there's no mixture, and I can see that depending on where you're at. But I also see hella mixture, you know, in the beat scene, like you, you want to know, like some of the top beat guys, it's going to be like Lidley, Il Sugi, Cram. And it's also going to be like Fitz Ambrose, Buddha Monk, Submerse. You know, it's, it's white cats. It's black cats. It's, Japanese. you know, like it's everybody. And yeah. so I see a lot of mixture. I imagine that some segments are different, like the rap battles. I, they're battling detailed rap lyrics in Japanese. So if you can't speak that, you exactly. you ain't getting with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Devin Morrison is kind of a, hey, a you, perfect you, example. You, you're a genius because I was I was trying to segue into Devin Morrison. Um, yeah, t- talk a little bit about Devin Morrison. Or just, uh, just say what past you're about guest to- on our show, Devin Morrison is a producer artist um, who is making beats out here. Uh, you can check out our episode with him, maybe 22 or something like that to you know get uh, a bit more of his history and backstory but you know a black dude from america you know came out here linked up with the scene and 
integrated himself and, you know, was able to, you know, rise to where he was one of the notable figures out here in that beat making scene, had to leave Japan. And, you know, he's making it work for himself out in California now, uh, linked up with our guy, Mike Soups, who was also on the show, who, you know, is also a notable figure in the community. Go check that episode out. And was able to get on a, a record label. I forget the name of the record label. Um, shit, anyway. But, you know. His album came out with Onra, I think. That's not the label, though. Yeah, whatever whatever it is that Onra runs, I think, is the one that pressed up the record. But, you know, he's dope. Yeah. And, you know, just was able to do a tour in Europe with Mind Design and he fucking deserves it man if anybody deserves it it's devin morrison super talented dude and like like we said showed and proved that he was about his craft and about the community and you know the the support that he gets is well deserved and it it just kind of shows that oh yeah the cream rises to the top and even if you're not out here you can still make it happen wherever you are. And it's a example of the, the talent here is, is so high. Japan has some of the best artisans, you know, people who really study their craft and do their thing. And Devin Morrison was able to come out here and get to the top of that. And it's, it shows that it's not just, you know, bullshit. Like we're all just like, Oh, you know, our guy makes beats, you know, let's do our little things in little basements everywhere. Nah, Devin Morrison is a top tier artist and it's, it shows in what he's doing and has been able to continue to do even after he left Japan. Yeah. He's in LA now, right? Or based in LA, but LA, is it LA? Basically. Yeah. I believe he's on tour. I I follow him on IG. So shout out to Devin Morrison doing his thing. Oh, you want me to add to that? Like, no, no, I, I, I thought you, yeah, I thought no, you had no, something to add to um, No, but, you know, like he came out here and he learned a language and he built community. And I think that's the best way to go about anything. Like hip-hop culture at its core is is a culture of people. It's Sometimes you're a little kid who just decides to make a rap record off of Fruity Loops in your bedroom, but sometimes you're really rocking with the community. And more likely, the people who stay with hip-hop culture start out from a community. They don't blow up off of, you know making a hip-hop country song that's really rare and outlier there's always the ground level of people who are just their their first love is is the craft and the art form of it and they just build yeah man Ten thousand hours karaoke boxes and shit thanks for um enlightening us on on that whole that thing japanese hip-hop and is it a shut door is it sectioned off and you know shout out to tracy jones yeah shout out to tracy once again yeah yeah, man. You know, like it's a, he's not. They're not wrong. That's yeah. just their perspective, you yeah. know. And we're not right. Well, maybe. <laughs> you know, I'm always gonna, you know. Yeah. But but yeah, like it's just different perspectives. All right. Um. So before we wrap up, what's what, what's your uh, name? Some of your favorite episodes. I don't know. It might be hard to do. I mean, people access that, and I'm just like, ah. Always, I like several and shit. Like I like the one we recorded yesterday with some graph writers. Um, of course, I really enjoy the ones we had with notable artists. The Mike Soups episode is really fun because we just got really drunk on that one. Um, yeah, it's just you know, it, it's interesting. Some of like we recording so much, like it all becomes a little bit of a blur. Yes, and we have to confirm to each other like what episode number we're on basically every week. But you know. There's there's so many good ones and, and like there's very few ones that I just don't really care for. Mm. But there are a few of those too. Mm. Uh the ones where I learned a lot, like Quiet Storm, definitely Marley Marl, Marley Marl, um yes. Kenbo, yeah. The ones where it's just like kind of incredible that we get the opportunity, like India Davenport, uh fucking Adrian Young and Ali Shahid Muhammad. Um our our guy Mark DeClivelo, like those are some incredible episodes. Elo Kush, John Robinson, and Buddha Monk. Yeah, Mega Rap. Fuck, forgot and, about and Mega Buddha Rap. Monk is a is a well known Japanese, Japanese producer. Okay, yeah, beat maker. Yeah. Um, the the Cram, Isugi and Matatabi episode where these Japanese producers, beat makers, they like kind of, you know gave us some real insight into that scene that's incredible 
I'm, and those dudes aren't, you know, outside of Japan, maybe not, you know, the most well-known dudes, but within the scene, to be able to talk to them and get that from them is, you know, it's a little priceless, that kind of information. And then, you know, the fun episodes where we're just, like, being dumb, like, uh, you know, our guy Sunday Replay. Uh, our, yo, Aphrodite. <laughs> yo, she's crazy. Yeah, shout out to Aphrodite, <laughs> who is also on our podcast. Yeah. Uh, we have some year-end episodes where we just, you know, kind of get drunk and talk shit. Yeah, I've been on there several times. And yeah, yeah. I've, I've always enjoyed the vibes. Definitely, man. You know, the energy changes from episode to episode. Sometimes we're goofing around, having a lot of fun, taking tangents. Sometimes it's a serious look and trying to uncover certain things about people or the culture. And it's all different vibes, man. It depends on how we feel. And yo, shout out to our guests who don't have anything to do with hip hop, like uh, uh, Patrick St. Michelle, Chris Charlton, some writers. Uh, we're we have some guests coming up who, you know, also don't have anything to do with the culture really, hip hop culture. But maybe they have something to do with you know Japan because we're all out here exactly. doing something. Exactly. Uh, I mean, you guys yourselves are admittedly not hip hop guys, but we're all brothers, literally well, I, I, and figuratively. I can't, I can't say I'm not hip hop, but I'm just saying I'm not. Into it well, you're not like yeah, I'm not dipped like, in it, like baptized in it, yeah. like I am. Unfortunately, yeah. can't yeah. even stop doing this shit if I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but you know, we say we're a hip hop Tokyo dope culture podcast, and I've really been trying to lean into the dope cultureness because I like to highlight all this shit that everybody's doing. Because as much as Nothing matters. Every little thing matters. Those, like, fine details that we, you know, use our lives to paint on the canvas that is existence. That's that's what makes this shit dope at the end of the day. So I like to, you know, make a record of that while we still can. <laughs> you know, I, I want to give you guys a shout-out um, because uh, Sky Zoo. You had on Sky Zoo, who's a dope lyricist rapper from brooklyn new york where you I'm really from. like sky zoo i love sky zoo now the thing about that was and i spoke to late about this i didn't know about sky zoo i mean mega excuse me pardon i spoke to mega about this um i didn't know about sky zoo prior to the episode to the episode you guys did with him um you know once again i've i've kind of just like kind of veered off into other music genres and you know I, I i still listen to hip-hop but i'm just not like as focused like when i grew up I was just I, all hip hop. I don't know, man. You be posting a lot of rap lyrics online and shit. But see, that's what that's what I'm saying. I, it's still it's it. still in me. Yeah, it's still, you know, I got away from it, and I I don't really listen to a lot of mainstream artists as much anymore. But I it's still in me. You know what I mean? I that I lived, sleep, ate hip hop like growing up. You know, I, it wasn't until like mid twenties where I started to like get into other stuff. But going back to Sky Zoo, man. Um, yeah, listen to the episode. And I went and checked out his music, and oh, the lyricism, man! Off the chain, I Phenomenal. even downloaded yeah. Phenomenal. myself. Phenomenal! If you, nice if, if that dude man. ever comes back to the Mega Late Show, please yeah. have me on there, man. No doubt, no I doubt. I love man. to meet the brother, man. I love yeah. his music too, man. Shout out to Sky, yeah. incredibly talented. Also, one of those blessing recordings that somehow was able to manifest. Yeah. Yeah, and seeing that happen, you know, like I said, that's that's the beauty of your show. You know, you brought me, you reeled me back into uh, the dopeness of hip hop, and, and, and not like mainstreams, you know. And see, those little moments make it worth it, you know. And not <clears throat> not the meeting Sky Zoo, but to hear you say that you got something from it. That shit is dope. That shit is really dope, man. Because at the end of the day, like I'm a fan of this shit, like. I feel comfortable saying I'm a part of the culture, but it all started from me, you know, finding some, you know, Tupac records in my basement or, you know, my friend having me listen to an Eminem song on the back of a bus on a school trip, you know. And I remember reading Double XL magazines and, like, picking out little gems wherever I could find them, scouring Internet forums, just trying to, like, get as much from the essence as I could. And... I like being able to give back a little bit in that way. You know, you want to know about some dope Japanese shit? Check out that DJ Kembo episode. 
you want to know about some Japanese professional wrestling, we just had Rocky Romero on. Yo, we're about to get really in-depth on some ramen shit. I just <laughs> got an avalanche of graffiti information that I have to go back and dig through because I don't know anything about that. I mean, shit is crazy, man. Just yeah. talking to Mega sometimes, I'm just like, yo, what? Uh... What do you? What do you? I can't even. I can't even joke about it because I don't even know the terminology. What? What? What's the dance move where you're just like rocking and what's what's like the setup standard? Up rock. Up rock. Up. What the fuck? What is that? You know what I but mean? But you know, you know what's funny about you too, though. Like you'll. I think. I think it kind of works both ways. Where you know, Mega has this. Um, he he has this uh, knowledge of hip hop and 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 that you don't have, right? And he knows about all these uh, producers and maybe uh, graph artists and, and and this and that but you also come with some shit too like you, you'll say some shit and mega's like oh word that you into that you know <laughs> you, it's, like, it's like he's finding out something about you <laughs> oh, i'm not gonna on different episodes like oh okay why you ain't you ain't you ain't tell me you do that shit you know as much as i don't want to seem like an egotist i'm very i think very highly of myself <laughs> uh I do too, man. I do too. I really do. I appreciate you thinking I'm great too. Yeah, I think that there's an interesting dichotomy between our interests. You know, we come from very different places within the the realm of hip hop. And when there is a, a blind spot to my knowledge, usually late fills it out and vice versa. So um, our podcast is not all fucking hippity hoppity for like you know hands in your air put your hip-hop hat on a lot of times it's like yo what do you think about this popular shit like you know yeah. like and and i'm definitely not neither of us are definitely like this idea of hip-hop purists where we don't enjoy contemporary shit or something that is just not you know conscious rap like we're not all talib quali like a lot of the shit that we like is the entire realm and spectrum of hip-hop i have a lot of appreciation for what the migos do and their music but i don't really care for the people who are just derivative copies of the migos like i still value you know authenticity and originality and a lot of times you know like the shit that i don't really care for late hips me to some other shit that is adjacent and i find that i like it and probably vice versa you know like um we've had a we've, we've been together pretty much every weekend for the past fucking three years and we still constantly find out new things about each other and we still constantly uh push each other's you know th boundaries on what we enjoy and help each other find new things all the time i'm constantly like who the fuck is Johnny Polygon? What are you playing for me right now? And, you know, <laughs> yeah. the same thing for late. You know, he introduced me to one of my favorite new artists, Nicholas F., and I introduced him to Planet Asia. And it's just, that's just the way that it is with us, man. It's a, it's a nice balance. That's why I can't see uh, Mega leaving in 2020. You ain't going uh, late, no damn late, way. I mean, late, late, late. Yeah, he dropped that bombshell on me just casually in conversation, like, yeah, I'm probably going to take off after the Olympics. I was like, damn, so episode 100 is it? <laughs> yeah. but, you know what I mean? No, but he ain't like, going yeah. no damn way. But yeah. we, we, forged, we forged what I consider to be a lifelong friendship. It's a, it's a brotherhood at this point. You know, like my daughter ask about him more than she asked about other members of my Uncle family late. and so yeah she just this morning it's like where are you going you you going to see late dj and i'm like yeah i'm gonna go get up with late you know <laughs> and so like we've we've really formed a uh, i consider late a family member now and 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 uh my relationship with him has been tremendously valuable for my mental health and just general happiness and actually wanting to stay here in tokyo you know so shout out to shout out to him yeah. Oh. And, and yeah, yeah, no you doubt. know, and we're very in touch with our, our our feelings on the Mega Late Show. Hey, before we go yeah. any further, how did you get the name Mega? Um. Well, it actually comes from the Nation of the Gods and the Earths, and my father. You know, my dad was a black uh, a black Seminole, a black Native American, uh, very in tune with the struggles of the black community. And you know, he grew up in. He was born in the '40s, so he saw the civil rights movement. And when I got a little older, he started hipping me to you know, a lot of our struggles and things of that nature. So mega comes from that. And, uh, you know, I was a five percenter. I was born God when I was uh, about 15 years old. And it comes from, it stands for master equality, God, Allah. And while I don't necessarily subscribe to that particular ideology in, in most ways, I still think that it's valuable to a lot of, you know, poor, uh, black children and even, even, and it's valuable to anybody depending on how you use that information. But mega has just been something that, you know, a lot of my family members call me. I was B-Boy Omega Legs. And, you know, it's just kind of uh, lots of variations of that name have been used most of my life. But it comes from that. Like, you know. 
I usually don't discuss that type of stuff mm. uh, publicly, but you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. You know, yeah, you heard um, it here. Yeah, Definitely. God body all day. You know Definitely. what I mean? Definitely. Yeah, we're the original man. The Ajax Black man is the original man, and straight up and down. And I support all people within my black community, and I try to, you know what I mean, enrich the lives of those around me. No Word. doubt. Definitely, Word, man. Well, yeah, I want to. Let me say that one more time again. Yeah, the Asiatic black man is God. <laughs> Y'all heard that, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, straight up and down. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm half joking, but you know what I mean. Like we are important and we are valuable and beautiful. Definitely, man. Thank you, brothers, for coming Thank in the Mobile Man Cave. It's been a pleasure. Um, you Yo, know. can I just say before we go? Yeah. Shout out to y'all also. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think as we're the only hip hop podcast in Tokyo, mm-hmm. you guys are maybe one of the the dopest culture podcasts in Tokyo. Because, you know, we're not all out here talking about, like Chocolate Buddha says, kimonos and temples and, and all that and other sushi shit. And sushi that. temples and shrines and shit. Like, <laughs> we're, you, you're, you're connecting too. and, like, when I see the guests you guys get, I'm like, yo, that shit is fucking dope, man. Who knew all these people were out here doing that? And yeah. shining that light on it is spectacular. So Well, you know, shout out to Cliff. You know, he's putting in a lot of leg work, meeting, meeting people, because I work these weird-ass hours, you know, which uh, nightlife is not a part of my life, you know. But, you know, got to gotta eat, you know what I'm saying? So shout out to Cliff for, you know, connecting. Yo, yeah, I was in a fucking basement in Shinjuku watching Cliff in a button-down shirt. He took his hat off to give a... A talk on a podcast. Uh, Mega was there too. What is this? Uh, the cow. pink cow. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. The burrito I, spot. You know, I I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I, I thought he was going somewhere else. But I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold, <laughs> hold, up, hold up, now. I wasn't there. <laughs> hey, hey. I, I wasn't. I wasn't at that. Spot. I don't know what the fuck he's talking now. about. Yeah, shit. Yeah, in Rapungi, you know, <laughs> at a fucking ball, watching niggas Vogue and Death Drop on the floor, standing by my nigga Cliff. Yeah, I wouldn't have yeah. been there without my guy. Yeah, yeah, you that know that shit is I, great, man. I, I, I like digging into subcultures, man, and and Vogue, the Vogue culture is something I definitely enjoy and and, and appreciate and you know learn about. Shout out to Kopi Mizrahi, and the legendary Kopi Mizrahi of the House of Mizrahi, yeah. Japanese um, Vogue dancer. She's doing dope things. Just Google. I think yeah. it's dope, man. I think what we're doing is dope, and like I think. The the podcast, I mean, as oversaturated as all this shit is now, in Tokyo being expa- expatriates, expatriates, I don't, I'm not really sure how Expats. to say that shit. But, you know, and not talking about shrines and sushi and yeah. shit. And, and, you know, for the record, all of that is good, but we just wanted to provide something different. Yeah, of course. Not the shit on everything, but I'm, I'm kind of like a, a, a little bit not following the the mainstream all the time yeah me myself too myself. so yeah same here yeah the mainstream is good you know uh, and that, that's, that's how yeah that's path. fine you that's, know that's, that's we, how we most, need that society yeah. would collapse without that yeah. and, and that's how most people uh that, that's their like entry to japanese culture right um shrines temples and you know uh anime and stuff like that but we wanted to take it somewhere else and hopefully our listeners appreciate that top yeah. two podcasts yeah yeah. Raw Urban Top Mobile two, Podcast baby. and The Mega Late Show. Yeah. Shout out to everybody under number three. <laughs> Any yeah. last words for anybody? Fuck the dumb. Fuck the dumb. Uh, Mega, you want to repeat that thing one, one more time again? The... Oh, this is my moment where I get to say a little catchphrase or some shit? No, I thought she was going to... Oh, the, the Asiatic. Asiatic. Black. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, like... Well, it's that, true That facts, being said, man. man, like, shout out to your hashtag and shout out to, um, you know, black women. Yes. Yes, yes, that's something more we so do. because the men are trash. Mothers, man. Black man is trash. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 man. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 it's tongue in cheek when I say that, man. But really, what I just like to say is that um, I come from I come from a community based ideal about how to operate within society, and being a part of different type of communities, whether they're Filipino side with my mom or you know anything else, being a part of those communities has tremendously enriched my life, and building community with y'all has enriched my life, and I feel like it's made us all better. And so, shout out to just connecting with people and having real life experiences, man. Yeah, Definitely. that's what's up. Definitely. All right, that's it from Tokyo. Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. Thank y'all, man. Mega Late Show. Yo. Dopest podcast in Tokyo. You heard. Follow us. Listen to us. That's right. 
We put out episodes every week. Right. Mega Late Show everything. Oh, should we say? Get with it. Yeah, yeah. Our do, podcast do. comes out uh, every Friday. You can catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google app, all the shits. All that shit is going down. Uh, we've got a calendar where we got gigs going on in Tokyo. So check that out if you want to know where you need to be. Uh, there's not really a specific link for that. Oh, or, or is there? Oh, G. Oh, oh. I'll put it in the description. Yeah. Just shoot it to check, me. To check the link. It's something mega late. Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Facebook. Yeah. All all over social media sometimes. Uh, <laughs> you could also find late on Tinder. Uh, I'll go ahead and leave the, hash, the, the, the hashtag late Tinder. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Late's the only single guy in here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's, 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 that's another episode, <laughs> right? About that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yo, Speakeasy happens every first Sunday. Speakeasy. Uh, Shout out to Brooklyn Terry. You can catch me in Shibuya every Thursday at Coins Bar. I do a little thing every second Saturday in Azabu Juban. Yo, if you want to know more about rapper faces and producer niggas, listen to the Mega Late Show. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Roar Urban Mobile Podcast. For more episodes, please visit rump.podbean.com. Or you can head straight to Google and type in Roar Urban Mobile Podcast. You can also listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you can stream or download podcasts.